Trading Nut, episode 175. And I'm pretty much just waiting. I might stay up to see if I do want to go break even. And that way, um, if the trade does play out overnight, sometimes I do go to sleep. Sometimes I like to watch it. But if I do go to sleep, I'm either waking up to, to a nice profit or I've hit a stop loss. And I think that in itself can help a lot of people with the with the risk management because if you're not watching it you're not prone to moving your stop loss adding on to your losing position making those mistakes so i w- wouldn't say the the nighttime uh for me is a big issue i think it can actually be beneficial the market's going to do something your job is not to fight it the market never ever runs away it's always there that personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Philip Saloom on the show. Now, Philip is a crypto day trader who transitioned from Forex. You're going to find out how that happened. In fact, he got in to Bitcoin below $1,000. So what on earth happens in that case, you're going to find out. It's probably going to surprise you a bit. He also has a special connection to the Trading Up podcast. You're going to find out what that connection is at the start of the interview. And we talk a little bit about NFTs uh, because he's well in, uh, entrenched in that space. Now, um, if you're sounding a bit stuffed up here, it's because I've just gone through that COVID thing. So I finally got it. My whole family had it. It was like a symphony of coughs for um, for about three or four days. It, I had three nights of sweats. I've got to say, at one point, I was like really struggling. Um, thankfully, it's sort of come right, and I'm, I'm on the mend. So hopefully, we've had no disruption here on the Trading Nut channel. Um, guys, but thank you for bearing me with me. Those people were waiting for responses that took a little bit longer than normal. Um, now, here we go. Trading Nut Funder Cup. That is still underway. If you want to check out the leaderboard, it's over there on the City Traders Imperium website. There, you'll be able to see what it takes to compete for the June one, which is going to start soon. So we'll be talking about more about that soon. Um, live streams still happening here on the channel, folks. If you're wanting to get uh, an insight on the New York session, the London session, we've got streams happening this week. So do remember to hit subscribe on that YouTube channel and click on that notifications bell and click on the all thing to get notified. You'll get a notification when this thing goes live or you can find these on the stream, but find them find these on the channel and hit set reminder across the week and you'll get an alert when these when these start. So that's the live streams happening here this week. And last but not least, before we get into the interview, the Robot Builders Club. Uh, I think I talked about it last week. I've got the ZZ Fib bot running this month. It's something I build every month for the Robot Builder Club members. Um, so this is a robot that trades the zigzag indicator and Fibonacci um, levels. Now, it didn't go too well. I've got to be honest. It didn't go too well uh, in the first couple of weeks, and I decided to change the strategy. In fact, what I've done is I've created another very simple robot that closes out a pers- like all the positions when we get a percentage gain or a percentage loss, and it's looking for a 1.25% gain or a 1% loss, closes out all the positions, and sort of starts again, because I noticed that was a pattern that it was doing. It wasn't quite getting to the take profit levels, but it was managing to get like 1.25%, sometimes more profit 
it and float and then it would lose it all so let's see if that works if you want to check that out it's over there on the robot builders club links under the video there there's a free robot that you can download as well if you want to do my free training that's over there as well i'll show you how to automate pretty much anything you want to automate on your trading on the mt4 and mt5 platforms and we use a tool called fx dreamer all right folks enough from me let's get on with the show but first let's hear from my sponsor Folks, if you missed out on joining the Trading Nut Funded Cup, don't worry. With over 3,000 traders registered, my sponsors City Traders Imperium have decided to run another, but this time they've promised the prizes will be even bigger and better. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description, then sign up for free before 15th of June 2022 and get 10% off any City Traders Imperium product just for entering the competition. Good luck, folks, and we'll see you in the cup. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Philip Saloom in the house now. Uh, you, if you don't recognize him, well, he's got some connection to the Trading Up podcast already. He's uh, partnered with Vian Norman, who's been on the show, who had those crazy dates that uh, that we talked about way back uh, when we did our episode. Now, welcome to the show, Philip. Uh, how are things over there in Sydney? Yeah, they're great. Amazing. Thanks for having me on here. Well, cool. Look, I'm I'm really intrigued to hear your story today because uh, you're someone who's got into crypto in a big way, had some ups and downs, uh, and now day trading it. I think some of that uh, can be applied across any, probably any market. Um, I'm going to find out why you've decided to go down the crypto route as well. So to start off, Philip, what, how did you get into trading and, and how did your journey go? Yeah, um, so I started off in uh, 2017, uh, crypto boom actually, and at that time, I was working in radiology in a hospital, so I just had a regular day job. And um, I've always been intrigued into the lifestyle of trading and making money on your phone, on your laptop. So I was always into it. friend told me about Bitcoin back then. I think it was under $1,000 AUD. And um, we all kind of got excited. We invested a large sum of money into, into BTC. And sooner, I think it was in the matter of two or three months, I, we hit six figures, almost almost half a million dollars. That was my account that grew from under 100K to almost half a million dollars in crypto. And at that time, everyone was telling me, cash out your money, then get greedy. Obviously, not being a trader, not knowing anything about trading, you're kind of ignoring all these people because you do have those hopes that, hey, we've hit that high. Well, why can't we stop? You know, why do we have to stop now? And it wasn't, um, it wasn't too long after where I just saw everything really crashing down. And I remember that the market actually doesn't come down at once. It did give me a chance to actually cash out again. And once again, the greed kicks in. You're like, oh, no, see, we just, uh, it was just a retracement. And sooner or later, my account was actually beneath what I originally invested. And it was... Um, it was a really, really tough time for me. Because... How, how, how was it so hard to get out when it got back to break even? What were you sort of thinking at that point? Because I'm sure we've all uh, been there. When it, when it got back to my original investment, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, um, you're just hang, it's like it's pretty much the huddle. You're holding on to the life and um, you don't want to get out because it's, it's kind of like you're in denial and you don't want to believe what you could have potentially had and what you actually did have, you just didn't secure it. And that's what people don't understand is that what's showing in your balance in crypto is not really yours until you kind of either use it, pay for something in crypto, or you cash it back out. 
So it was quite tough going back um, to that break even, even below it. Um, and um, it took me a long time, but I just had that mindset where if I give up now, that's when I've really kind of lost and that's when I've been defeated by the market. So instead, that's when I, I went and studied everything there was, you know, like selling high, buying low, the whole concept of trading, because like I said, I knew nothing about it. And why didn't you decide to, I suppose, go into other markets and, you know, because at that point, it's almost like an introduction to trading, right? And it's, you've got your introduction there and you realize that, okay, there's more to it than just buying and holding and, and all sort of stuff. I mean, why did you decide to stick with crypto or, or did you? Um, actually, no, at that time, that's when I got into Forex trading. So I saw the crypto go into a really bear, um, bear market at that time. And I didn't understand crypto at all. So I just thought, all right, maybe I should stay away from crypto for a while. And I actually started uh, learning about Forex online. I was doing a lot of self-education, watching countless YouTube videos, as I know many people would have done. Um, I tried every indicator at that time. And, you know, things worked, things didn't. I thought things worked at times, and then they really didn't. And I started to see the Forex market as a lot more stable than what crypto was. Obviously, it was a lot more mature as a market. It was more developed uh, as a market. And then I started understanding how moves kind of work from a technical and fundamental perspective. And that's one thing that I kind of related back to crypto is that crypto was very heavily fundamental at the time and things would just move, um, move, move the market based on a piece of news. Whereas FX was a bit more stable and technicals kind of uh, were working for me a lot, a lot nicer. So I got into FX for five years so from 2017 up until um, pretty much today yeah and what were you what sort of things were you doing on the on a chart from a technical point of view i did everything so I, I was doing i started off in swing trading sooner or later i realized that swing trading didn't really work on the small accounts when i was trading back then because obviously i learned my lesson i didn't want to get burnt so i started with a small amount of money in fx so at least i did learn some sort of a lesson going from crypto and uh, I realized swing trading doesn't really work with small accounts because obviously, as you know, it takes longer periods of time. So I got into day trading and I was day trading with a lot of technical analysis, a little bit of fundamentals. So I was a yeah day trader, technical analysis. And I, it wasn't up until last year where I kind of found my way back home into crypto. And what was the sort of genesis around that? or How did that happen? Why did you go, not really going to go any further with Forex? Let's just go back into crypto. Yeah, so what happened in the world, obviously, with the whole COVID situation and the global pandemic from two years ago, I started seeing a lot of um, movements in the markets that a lot of people just had never seen before because it's obviously something that has never happened before in our lifetime. So I noticed that the markets were moving and their behavior was kind of a bit erratic. And I started looking at the crypto market and at that time, I started applying all the knowledge I had because now I've been a trader for four or so years. So my knowledge was obviously a lot more than what it was at the start. I started applying my knowledge onto the crypto market. And what I did actually notice is that crypto was moving a lot smoother and a lot nicer than what I found Forex to be doing. And I applied those technical tools that I had learned over the years and they were working really, really nicely on the crypto charts. And can you sort of explain in, in the, I suppose, a lot of detail around how you saw the difference between 
when something wouldn't work in forex versus when it would work in crypto um manipulation of of the charts i would say was the big one so what i did notice in fx there was a lot of times where my analysis would would look all good and then there would be a piece of information that would come out uh it would come wick people out and i started to understand the whole liquidity concept at that time back then and I started noticing there was a lot of manipulation around the effects, especially with the pieces of news around the, the, the global pandemic that were coming out. And they were moving the markets quite erratically too. And now I looked and crossed over to, to the crypto market and I noticed they are not as uh, correlated in terms of the negative news. And, and when it was there, it was still lining up with the technical analysis quite nicely. I noticed that my strategy was actually getting a higher hit rate on crypto rather than on the FX markets. And that was using just pure technicals and purely looking at the markets. Yeah, so so it sounds like it was those liquidity grabs that were happening in the Forex markets that were, were not conducive to the strategy you were using. And I mean, to be honest, it probably wasn't the most easy time to trade when you had uh, a, a global pandemic going on in the world doing something that had never done in exactly. in the time that the internet's been around and uh and the markets in the state so okay so you you migrated off to into crypto again and and how did you how did that sort of journey start for you yes yeah, so i migrated back and i was like okay now i understand cfd trading and i'm gonna try and apply it to crypto because i started noticing also a lot of um psychological patterns in people that i understood for myself back from 2017 so i understand there's the whole fear and greed indexing people and i was like all right if i can short crypto with, with cfd trading i can have a lot of opportunities to to make um to make a lot of money because i also noticed that the crypto bears are a lot stronger than the crypto bulls when they come mm-hmm. and i did notice yeah so fear is obviously a stronger emotion when it comes to the you know the fear and greed fear is a much stronger emotion people will sell off a lot quicker than they will buy and um, I started noticing that shorting crypto and, and the ability to buy it also was something that I could really um, I could really use. So then I discovered also my own key levels that, that I will show later on on the charts for crypto. And because crypto and BTC is something that's kind of um, exponentially growing, looking at historical data can be quite hard, especially because we're always forming these all-time highs. So I discovered a way that, that I will share with the with the audience where I, I created these key levels that I could put into the future in order to try and determine where the price could head to next. And I found that it was working extremely well, also from a technical from a technical perspective, of where those prices were reaching. So then I migrated the knowledge of FX, plus I added these new extra tools onto the crypto market. And I combined them. I combined them along with my partner Vian's um, dates that a lot of the audience would have probably heard about. Those um, solstices and equinoxes. So I combined all of these um, tools and actually found a lot of success in the crypto market. And so you 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 decided to you're day trading the crypto market, right? You're not you're right. not swing trading it. And and how did you sort of make that decision that I'm now gonna I'm gonna day trade it versus swing trade it? Um. I would say I'm a bit of a hybrid. So what I'll do is I'll open a day trade position and I'll leave a part of it to swing if the opportunity is there, if it does look good. 
so I do I do believe that's that's kind of a strategy that does work well with me because I can take that profit on a day-to-day basis but then if something does run for a long term I can also be in it even if it's a small position it'll end up actually adding up to, to something decent in the end but I decided to do it because another lesson I learned along the way that uh, people will actually might find useful is when you aim for moves that are too great especially when you when you first start off trading you can actually miss out on a lot of profit because you'll find yourself in profit and then the trade's going to come back and knock you out so set an amount, a day trade amount, or you know, a, a distance that you'd like to target on a day-to-day basis. Once you hit it, don't let that greed come and overcome you. Just kind of accept and be content with the profit that you've made for the day. And that's what I've found is actually um, has helped me succeed, is by just accepting and being grateful with what I've made for the day and going from there. And, okay, so, so you're... Um... You, you're down on these, you know, you're day trading it, and you're using CFDs, which is uh, for guys that don't know, it's like contracts for difference. Usually, you can get that on like a MetaTrader platform or uh, through through one of those kind of brokers. Are you also using actual crypto to to get in and out of positions? And if so, how are you doing that? Um, no, so I'm actually not trading via any crypto exchanges. I'm not leveraged trading through any crypto exchanges. I'm trading uh, with my own personal broker purely because it's a regulated Australian broker, which is where I live. So it's just, and, and I'm using my um, Australian dollars to trade rather than my crypto. So all my crypto is uh, purely for investment. I don't like to leverage trade what I've invested in. And I'd rather use just my um, Australian dollars using my Australian broker that does offer that leverage in order to trade them and and is is the reason you're day trading it uh versus swing trading just simply because the the fees of of uh like swing trading crypto can be you know quite quite high from like for example a swap point of view or, or something like that um no so the, the swap uh, point of view isn't really the reason no i would not say that's the reason i would say it's more just um I've found that the strategy does actually just work better for on a day-to-day basis. And me as a trader, from um, from the way I trade, I think I'm, I can perform better just taking a piece of the pie every single day rather than aiming for those large moves and then reaching halfway, coming back to zero, and then it doesn't doesn't get there. Okay, take us, take us through like the first month of jumping in, day trading the crypto market. What did that look like for you? after you made that sort of transition from Forex? Yeah, so after obviously a lot of backtesting, a lot of um, trial and error, because I wanted to see what does work on the crypto markets. Because once you enter from FX into crypto, you can't expect things to actually be exactly the same. And you've got to expect some sort of a difference. Uh, after a lot of backtesting, trial and error, I then went and discovered these key levels before I actually started trading. So when I discovered these key levels, they're, I would say, around the 5K distance apart from each other. So that gave me the kind of uh, support and resistances between them to day trade as well. And uh, once I transitioned through, what, what I would actually look at is I would look at the technical breakdown. So I would look from the monthly all the way down. I'll do a top-down analysis on the chart. And I have to admit, I'm not really big on the fundamentals of crypto. That's another reason I day trade, 
because I don't want the fundamentals to really affect me. Mm. If I'm in and out in a few hours and uh, no fundamentals have come out, it's not going to really affect me. And it's going to be purely based on technicals, which I also do like because we can't really predict the fundamentals, especially for something like crypto. And so, so how did you, you know, you said you discovered these key levels. How did you discover the key levels? What, what did you have to do to work out, like, these are the key levels I want to use and I've been able to mark up my entire chart with them? So it was quite funny because I was looking at the 2017 high and then I moved back a few years and I noticed that BTC, I would say, always does the same kind of behavior. It would shoot up, create an all-time high, and then it will do this 60 to 80% kind of retracement. And it was the only difference was, was now the, the value of this move was just getting larger. So it was, let's say, doing a, a $50 to $100 move back in uh, 2011, 2012. In 2017, it went from that 1K up to that 27K Aussie. And then the most recent one went up to that, um, I think it was like around the 80K mark AUD. 67 USD. So I noticed that in order for me to try and determine what's going to happen next, I started using the previous all-time highs. And I kind of marked the low and the high of that move. And then I found the distance between them and I found that middle point. And I also noticed that in between them, that middle point was also a key level. And then I found the distance and I pretty much just started applying it on the chart equally just um, in, into the future. And as the market went up, I just create the new key level. And I was able to actually see the 67K USD mark touch and tap uh, pretty much to the T based on these key levels before retracing back down. And I think that was the period of time where a lot of people were calling the 100K Bitcoin yeah, because we did break that, that previous high. And I wasn't convinced at that time. And that's, Coming from a Forex background, I think that does help because then that whole greed, that greed uh, factor that comes from the psychology wasn't really there. I had also learned my lesson from the 2017 of what happened to me. So I applied that. I saw the market for what it truly was. And I was trying not to be blinded by the whole um, breaking the highs and going up to that 100K mark. I mean, what, what's your sort of view on the, these guys that are out there on like YouTube and that saying, oh, it's going to Bitcoin to 100K, Bitcoin to 200K, whatever. Um, what are your sort of views on the people that are, you know, I suppose, spouting that off and their knowledge of the market and or something, you know, the reason they're doing it? Because it is just like a, it's very hard to sort of, you know, just put a figure out there and start banning it around um, and getting everyone hyped up on it that, when it, when it may or may not happen. There's no one, there's no guarantees. No one knows what's going to happen. I would say um, the first thing is, I would say that these guys are maybe benefiting more from people being hyped up over crypto. And secondly, I would say one of the key indicators I use, and that's uh, something that everyone can apply, is ask your family and friends what they think of BTC. If they speak positively, it's probably time to short. And if they're speaking right. negatively, it's probably time to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, um, okay. So you, 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 you bearish BTC, um, for at the, the moment being. anyway. So for the time being, for the yeah, time yeah, being, yeah. Yep. yeah. Now, um, I mean, do you want to sort of break us down 
some a view of your trading day or, or week and how that looks. Yeah, so pretty much uh, I use my weekends purely to to zone out. Yes, you can trade crypto on the weekends, but um, I I have this um, this rule not to purely because if you're going to start trading seven days a week, it probably won't end, end well. So what I do, and I also have found that BTC volume and um, the market doesn't really move too nicely on the weekends. The volume is kind of slow. So I use that time purely for my, my personal time, mindset, because you do need that clear mindset through the week. Uh, Monday to Friday, I pretty much look at the Asia session for BTC. You can get some nice moves during the Asia session. However, I do find that prior to New York is when you're going to get the really nice moves in the nice, um, yeah, in the nice moves that you can grab at that time. So I use um, my mornings pretty much to, to set up my day. I wake up, I set up the charts, I see what I find, uh, mark everything out, mark out my um, alerts, and I wait. If I do see something during Asia, which is quite rare, I don't really do it, I might take it. But mainly, I'll just use the day to prepare for the night. And um, psychology is massive for me. Like, I'm massive on psychology. So I'm always looking at ways to improve my mindset, my psychology to come into trading. Because at any time, I, I find that we are susceptible for, for downfall in trading. And if you don't have your mindset on point, that's why a lot of people fail. That's the reality of it. So I do use um, my days to really, really focus on that. So when it comes into my nighttime in trading, especially when you're dealing with such large numbers in trading, you have got to have your mindset on point. So so uh, just on there, I mean, like, do you find that because it's later in the day for you to, you know, pre, pre-New York, which I'm guessing is what, like 9 p.m. or something, your time? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so 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 because it's late in the day, do you, do you find that that, or how do you how do you battle the the tiredness factor or the fact that you know you've been up most of the day, you're now basically getting to work at 9 p.m. at night? How do you how do you sort of combat that so that you are in you you know in your sort of top peak performance at that time? So there's nothing wrong in sleeping in. If you're working late, there's nothing wrong with sleeping in. And um, I've actually, um, you know, come to accept that. Also, another thing is because I'm day trading, once I enter a position, because I'm not scalping, there's not really that kind of, I don't really need to focus so much on the chart, right? And I'm not really into the chart so much where I'll just wait for the position to go into my area of interest. I take the trade and then I'm just watching it to see if I'm going to move it into break even. And if it hits my stop loss, it hits my stop loss. It's as simple as that. And that's why that tiredness factor doesn't really affect me because once I'm into the position, there's not much to do. So as, as many people know, trading is just sitting, you know, sitting aside, waiting on the sidelines for the trade to come. Taking the trade would just take under a second. You just press the button, you take the trade, set your stop loss, set your TP, and I'm pretty much just waiting. I might stay up to see if I do want to go break even. And that way, um, if the trade does play out overnight, sometimes I do go to sleep. Sometimes I like to watch it. But if I do go to sleep, I'm either waking up to, to a nice profit or I've hit a stop loss. And I think that in itself can help a lot of people 
with the with the risk management because if you're not watching it you're not prone to moving your stop loss adding on to your losing position making those mistakes so i w- wouldn't say the the nighttime uh for me is a big issue i think it can actually be beneficial mm. okay yeah that is it. yeah i just and i do remember uh, another guest brandon abbas he was sort of similar albeit a different time zone saying that you'd enter the trade and then go to bed wake up and see see where it ended up and manage it from there. So, um, okay, that makes sense. Now, in terms of like your, your, your stop loss and take profit, I mean, what's your typical risk to reward ratio? Uh, definitely nothing under a two to one, the way I like to look at it. I like to go for those um, larger moves. Sometimes I do get, when I'm getting those optimal positions that I'm getting into, and if I'm really watching the chart, uh, I mean, down like to the five minute, one minute, and I'm trying to get that really good sniper entry. I can get 10 to ones if I'm swinging it and leaving those targets, those longer term targets. Yes, they can run for those um, extremely large risk to rewards. However, I would say my day, actual day trading position, that, that large um, position out of it, I would say is like a nice three, four to one on average. And, and uh, I mean, how many... So you're only trading two markets, but how many trades a day would you likely take? Uh, just probably one. So it's uh, I'm I'm really trading BTC and ETH. I do still dabble into FX, but just in terms of crypto, um, BTC won't really give you much opportunities because, like I said, it does move in one direction for that session. So once you're in... I like to just enter that position at the start of the session, whatever direction I think it's going in, and then I just hold it up until um, the end. And and so, uh, I mean, we do you reckon you'll get one trade a day pretty much for, for BTC? Yeah, so I'll also explain, BTC and ETH are very correlated. If BTC goes up, ETH is most likely going to go up, and if um, vice versa. So if you're going to go buy into BTC and a buy into ETH and you know, BTC goes the wrong way, it's most likely that your ETH is also going the wrong way. Yeah, That's why I kind of look in between the two, see what looks better from a technical perspective, and then I choose one out of them because it's ultimately like you're taking the same trade. And how often we get like a night where you just, there's no opportunity, you can't get in, that, that doesn't, doesn't hit your area of interest? Um, I would say it can happen once every couple of nights. I would say I'm taking about three, one to three BTC trades a week. Right. Okay. And that's only because the way I, what I found also works for me is I'd rather be, I'd rather be correct on a trade, catch it. And because I'm trading those larger numbers, it's worth it for me at the end of the week. So if I can get those two, one, one to three trades and I can try and get as many of them correct for the week, I'm pretty much done. I'm content with what I made for the week. In how many weeks would you go like a, a losing streak week? Well, when was the last time you did that? Uh, I'm not going to lie with BTC and uh, I've got my my community of students. I think I've got 80% of BTC trades right. Really? So so if not, never. Um, you've hardly ever, or if if not ever, had a losing streak week where you've had three losers and you're like, oh, God. yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've had the the, the whole week as a, as a loser. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say I've done that's that. That's good. That, that's fantastic. Um, okay, so 
what do you recommend for somebody who's going to get into this if, and and get to the position where where you are, where it's sounds like a pretty cruisy day, and then you're uh, you know you're taking one trade in the evening, three times a week, and going to sleep, letting it wake up and profit or loss. How do they How get do into that? that? How do they get to that point? Um, a lot of education, a lot of experience. And I always say this, you can learn everything there is to learn, but trading is something that's purely taught by, by experience. So you can't just expect uh, someone to teach you something and you're going to be successful. You have to put in the time and, and the effort to kind of um, learn those experiences yourself. And then once you do, you really got to work on your mindset. Because as I've said, you can have those three trades. You can be an 80% uh, you know, hit rate kind of trader. But all it takes is you not having the right mindset, risking an extremely large amount on that one trade, and that one trade falls into that 20% that's losers. And it's almost like your 80% means nothing at that point. So your mindset is definitely something that's got to be on point. You really, really have to master the mindset. Have a good strategy. Um, learn learn the correct ways before you kind of just jump in and you know want to trade and make money and the money all follows that's what i always say is money will always follow get the right education get your mindset on point and the money will follow and and talking about mindset i mean what's the biggest thing that you've sort of worked out or discovered that has helped you the most from a mindset point of view um i would say daily my daily meditations daily affirmations so i've kind of I've developed a system where I've recorded my affirmations with my own voice because I simply believe it works a lot better than listening to someone else. I've recorded my affirmations, especially my trading ones with my own voice, and I'll play them first thing in the morning and play them right before I start trading in the evening. And they will kind of um, just embed it into my mind of what I need to follow, the rules, and what I'm trying to achieve. Cool. And I mean, I suppose thinking about a price chart, I mean, what, you know, you've talked about key levels. Are there any other things that on a price chart that you would say, go away and study these, do your back testing on these? This is what I found works well. Yeah, I would say um, study the liquidity concepts um, and study volume. So there's a lot of indicators that, that I kind of use. And um, I'm not, you know, I, I teach them strictly to my students. So I'm not really going to too much too deeply into them but i would tell people learn liquidity concepts and learn volume and how do you utilize volume to your advantage is it it's interesting because eh? so forex volume is very hard to sort of you know get, get hold of there's no centralized exchange i mean you know crypto you do get much more visibility of well you get really good visibility of volume i mean oh. so how do you tie that into the like for example the metatrader platform where you've got the tick volume and you've got crypto, actual crypto volume, which is completely different. I mean, is there a, a, an easy, have you found out an easy way to do that? I know you're probably not going to reveal it all because you just mentioned that. Um, but is, what can you tell us about that? Uh, I, can, I can actually reveal what it is because it, obviously it's, it's more than that. It's how to actually utilize it. So on TradingView, there's the um, VWAP, so Volume Weighted Average Price um, Indicator and Tool. So I've actually found a way to utilize that onto the crypto charts that works extremely well when you tie it all in together. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we've had a few uh, VWAP guests on the show before, so it is definitely one of the sort of leading indicators in terms of uh, ones that people want to be looking at. Right, so um, 
what about if you had to recommend the retail trader spend a month mastering something? What would it be? A month? I wouldn't know how, about a month, but they say it takes 10,000 hours to master anything. So I would say whatever time you've got, dedicate it to your craft, and that's how you will master it. Um, right. And how would they dedicate it? What, what, sh- what should they do in that time that they're going to like dedicate to, to trading? Uh, I would say nothing Nothing is kind of worthless. Just even you sitting and looking at a chart and just watching how the candles, the candles are behaving and how they are forming, how the weekly is closing, they can help you a lot. It might seem like it's insignificant at the time as, as a beginner. However, it does go an extremely long way when you do things like that. So I would say just simply by looking at charts, trying to analyze them, no matter how bad you think your analysis is, we were, we were all there once upon a time. Um, get the correct education, watch whatever, you know, whatever you can get your hands on. However, one thing I will say is watching too much YouTube videos, and that's what I found happened to me, can actually be a bit of a negative because I found that I learned so much and I had to unlearn so much. Because there's a lot of stuff on there that's not going to be relevant to you. It's not going to be relevant to your situation, indicators that you're probably never going to use. And you might spend time looking at them and then finding out that you're never going to use them or that they simply just don't work. And I remember at a time where I had like 20 indicators on my charts. I'm trying to use every MA, EMA, um, you know, um, MACD, TSI. And then I've realized that less is more. It Mm. comes to a point where you start as a trader, you understand less is more and you find what truly works for you and you will just focus on that. So getting the right education, Focusing on on um, on the charts that can go a long way. Yeah, and thinking about that, like I mean, the, the fact that I've got a YouTube channel with a whole bunch of varied uh, styles of trading represented, guys, you've got to think of it like a buffet. Um, go and pick a few things out that that are uh, you know, relevant, or you think you feel sort of you like the look of, and then try them out or eat them. It's not a uh, it's not an all you can eat buffet though, so there is a limit to it. So don't eat everything and just try and you know you're going to die basically at the end of it. You're going to fill yourself up. You know, you're going to stuff yourself to 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 a um, to oblivion. Now, a um, couple of questions on the crypto stuff. So, what about altcoins? Have you traded them? How have you sort of how do you how did you sort of wheedle them out so you don't trade them? You know these massive gains that you can get when they when they go on a bull run. Um, no, so, so I'm not really, if I am going to go into these bull runs, I'd rather just invest directly into the altcoin of my choice that I'm going to do that. Uh, I don't like to leverage trade those type of, um, those tri- type of altcoins. So I'd rather just focus on BTC and ETH and purely because they've got the most volume, uh, moving through them. And, uh, they're a lot more, you could say stable and mature compared to those other altcoins. So as you can imagine, you've got some altcoins that have been around for just a couple of years. Their technical analysis, uh, trying to read the charts and analyze the charts can be a lot more difficult. So I'd rather stick to BTC and ETH. Altcoins is my more traditional investing into crypto. And, and from like a fundamental point of view, I mean, you said you sort of almost don't even look at it at all now. Um, yeah. I mean, like when big news is coming up or people sort of a lot of people start talking about something in the crypto space and saying, well, this is going to be like, you know, 
this is going to push BTC up. Example, Elon buying Twitter or whatever it was. Uh, I mean, what what's your sort of view on on that and how to to manage it from your point of view? I also go by another quote that says, "Buy the rumors, sell the news," and I've learned that over the years. So when there's a rumor, just follow the rumor. And I found that nine times out of ten, when the actual news comes out, nothing truly happens in favor of that coin. So, for example, there's the whole Ripple SEC case that's been coming out, and then they'll say, um, you know, they've beat the case, and then you'll just see that Ripple doesn't really go anywhere. Or you'll see some positive rumors come out about Ether, and that will drive Ether up. And when the news actually does come out, you'll also see that Ether does nothing so (laughs) that's another quote i'll go by is buy the room i sell the news and once again that's why i do enjoy intraday trading because i don't need to focus on these kind of things now i i know you're 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 into nfts and you've you've got your own nft project that you're you're launching i mean do you want to sort of give the audience a little bit of a view on nfts how you've seen it evolve and like just just sort of i suppose dispelling myths yeah so NFTs is uh, short for non-fungible tokens. It might sound confusing. A lot of people just think it's a stupid picture and uh, that's all there is to it. However, there's actually a very, very um, great technology behind it. So you've got to look at uh, NFTs in, let's say, the music space where artists can now sell their albums as an NFT. And what they can do with that is they can set a percentage of the sales to go into to get rewarded back to their fans, for example. So you can pay them in royalties back to your fans. So now instead of some music label owning the owning this um, album and owning this piece of music and your fans actually receiving nothing in return, you can reward people for listening to your music because you're selling a digital asset online that's tracked. Once people buy it, they are now a part of it. And you can actually determine exactly who's a part of it and you can reward them in return. And we can see kind of that shift where it's more than just art at the moment. We can see, for example, digital real estate that might come in where you can own a house and it can be owned and proven on the blockchain because you can't alter with the blockchain. So you can have that proof that you own that piece of um, piece of land, a house, any, any item pretty much. Um, We've seen also Twitter lately, they've actually got the verification badge. So if you own an NFT, you can have it as your profile picture. So there's been a, the evolution of NFTs has been great. Um, what I'm doing with my NFT, for example, is it's a lot utility based. So it's what does your NFT offer? We are building a gaming ecosystem. So it's a hold to earn and a play to earn PVP ecosystem. And what we're offering is a range of utilities from real life, such as VIP events. So by owning the NFT, you're going to be able to attend certain events, clubs, for example. You can um, play in the games. You're going to earn the rewards of the tokens that we're going to be releasing. So you can actually earn tokens just by playing the games. So that's the evolution of the NFTs. It's more than just what people were looking at it as the, you know, board ape, because that was the biggest when when it started. You know, it's just a piece of art. So we do have that evolution in this space. And so so if you're going to say to somebody who's thinking, oh, maybe I'll have a look into NFTs and try and get into it, what, where would be the first place to go and look other than your, your own project? <laughs> um, 
Uh, it's very personal as well because my project is gaming, so someone might not be interested in that particular NFT. So um, I would say just to, to go on, um, find an NFT project on Twitter. I would say Twitter is probably a heavy presence in the, in the NFT space, and that's where you want to be. And uh, do your research, I would say. Do, it's a big do your research. Find out who the team is because there is a lot of scams out there, especially in that space. A lot of people are just creating dodgy, um, dodgy projects and never actually delivering on what they're saying. So do your research, find out who's actually behind the, the project. Are they uh, actually visible, what they call doxed in the space? So can you see who they are? And um, find something that you're actually interested in. It's more than just trying to find the next big thing because that's a very small percentage of projects that do that. And um, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, look, let's wrap up with a couple of quick fire questions and, and then we'll uh, roll up the show. So um, start off with, do you have a recommended trading resource or book? Um, I do have a book. It's called Trading in the Zone. By, we, um, Mark Douglas, we've, we've heard of that one. Not Trading in the Zone. Oh, not Trading in the Zone? Trading, Breaking the Matrix, Trading Within the Matrix. Ah. Okay. I'll find the I'll find the author and I can put yeah, it in. Okay. Oh, it's good because yeah. everyone says trading in the zone, so that's good. You kind of got a different one. Trading within um the matrix. I'll find the name and I can um include oh, it. Awesome. Well, we'll hook that up on the show notes. Um, and what about your preferred broker and trading platform? I personally trade with Eight Cap from Australia. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100k. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. And uh, and is that MT4, MT5? MT4. Trading? MT4, okay, cool. And uh, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? um don't rush the process uh, trading is is a marathon it's really not a sprint so don't rush the process focus on um, really building a good strategy focus on mastering your mindset and as i said before the money will follow awesome well, look before you wrap up what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you uh so you can get hold of me on my instagram however there is a lot of um fake instagram so make sure you're getting the right one make sure you're clicking the one that that we're going to link and um yeah i'll say instagram is probably the best way well look guys a big thank you to philip for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here along with all those links including his instagram are in the show notes to find them simply search for philip in the search box on tradingart.com until next time i wish all my listeners trading happiness and success all right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted with Philip. Now, we I forgot to mention that we did shoot a video at the end of the podcast, and he breaks down how he trades Bitcoin on a daily basis, which I've got to say is, is quite unique. There's a lot of unique stuff in there. So if you want to go and check that out, it's over there on the YouTube channel. Uh, also, we have the Trading Up Funder Cup registrations open for June, so please go and check that out. The live stream's happening this week, so hit subscribe and follow those notifications that come up on the YouTube channel. So you've got to hit that notifications bell and then click all to get notified when these things land. And yeah, there's easy fib robot over there on my in my robot lab. It's part of the Robot Builders Club. Go and check out how it's performing with this new approach that I've put in place. All right, folks, thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.